just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are live on the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hope your day is going well. I got to tell you, yesterday was kind of somber for me. I went to a funeral, and that funeral was for my brother-in-law, who had a battle with cancer and lost and passed away. Now, he was only a couple of years older than I was. And that really sets you back on your heels, you know? When you become a certain age, the odds of dying become less than your favor. I mean, when you're in your 60s or 70s, anything could happen. Could be an accident, could be an illness, could be anything. And I know a lot of people worry about that. But here's the thing. You can't control it for the most part. You could agonize about it every day, but you're ruining the life you have, waiting for the inevitable of something you can't control. I think it's an attitude you have to take. I mean, when you get old enough and you know that could happen, you can sit and worry about it, or you can look at it as, I'm going to maximize every day I have so that when I am gone, I don't feel like I've missed anything. And I learned this lesson from my grandfather. My grandfather was one of my best friends. I think if, if I'm like any one of my predecessors, I'm most like him because I'm more laid back, I'm more logical. He was an intelligent guy. I like to think I have a certain amount of intelligence. And uh, we talked a lot. And fortunately, because of our relationship, we could talk very bluntly about virtually anything. And over my lifetime, I was fortunate that he survived. He'd lived up until I was an adult. So from the moment I was born to the time I was an adult when he passed away, I learned a lot from him. I actually counted on him a lot to learn a lot. My father wasn't in the picture as much. And when he was, he wasn't a great guy. That happened to be my grandfather's son, but there was a vast difference between the two. So I always looked to my grandfather for help and some fatherly advice or a male role model. And I remember very distinctly when he is literally on his deathbed. He's 94 years old. Now, we didn't know he was going to die at this point. We thought he'd recover like he'd always recovered before. And uh, he was doing all right at this point, and we were talking. And very straightforward and bluntly, I said, I said, Grandpa, tell me something. You're 94 years old. You're in the hospital now, but it looks like you're getting better. I said, at 94 years of age, you could die tomorrow, and it would surprise nobody because you've led and lived such a long life. Very few people get to 94 years of age and can still move around. Knowing that at your age, at any time, death could come, does this scare you? Are you worried about it? And he said to me, he said, Mike, you have to understand, and you may not until you get to this age. But I know that my death is going to come eventually, and uh, it's inevitable. And I'm not going to waste my time and waste my days alive worrying about something I can't control. He says, you have to understand that I've lived a long, full life. I've done virtually everything I wanted to do or what was expected of me to do. I got married. I had kids. I had grandkids. I raised my kids. I worked a job for 35, 40 years. I paid my bills, I paid my taxes, I traveled with my wife, I had fun, I enjoyed life. So I've done pretty much everything. And you have to understand that when you get to be 94 years of age, there's a lot of pain and struggling and stress and such on your body because it's just simply wearing out. It's not meant to go any longer than 94, 95, 96, 100 years, whatever it is. 
but I am in the last leg of what my body can take. He said, I've been pretty active through my life, and I'm in pain now. Almost everything I do causes me pain. I said, but, you know, I see you around. I see you doing things. You haven't stopped doing anything in spite of this pain. He says, I know. I appreciate the life I have, and I want to lead it till the moment I can. He said, but you have to understand when you've gone through that long a life and you've done all those things and you feel like you've accomplished all that you could accomplish, and now you're struggling with all this pain, instead of fearing death, you kind of look forward to it. I said, you mean you resigned yourself to death? He said, of course. It's going to come. It's got to come. I'm not getting out of this alive. So I do have to resign myself from it. And because I don't have any control over it, it takes a little stress away. I mean, we have a survival mechanism in our body. But when you get to be a certain age, it doesn't matter what you do, that time, that death is going to come. So I've rationalized that in my mind. I'm going to say, okay, it's coming. I have faith. I know where I'm going to go. Whether you believe that or not, he did. And and so he said, I'm comfortable. I'm content. I'm ready to go whenever that time is. And I'm glad I had that talk that day because uh, later that night when I was gone, he passed away. And I was upset. And I felt bad. I thought I felt bad for him. But he knew exactly what he was in for. He knew exactly where he was headed. And he was ready. So then I realized I wasn't really sad for him. It turned out exactly like he expected. I was more sad for me. And that's what I was getting at about this funeral or any other funeral. You have somebody that's good in your life. You're sad for them. Now keep in mind they were struggling. They were in pain. Things were hard for them. And now they're gone. The good news is the suffering for them is over. It's absolutely done. That's good. And if they believe they're going to a better place and that's in fact what happens, there's no reason to feel bad for them. <laughs> you know, it's one funny. I heard one time, and you know, you hear a lot of crazy stuff on TikTok. But this one kind of hit me when they were talking about going to heaven and dying and all that sort of thing. Somebody once said, when they were telling whatever story they were telling, they said, you have to understand, hell is here. Which sounds ridiculous, of course. But then they say, well, would all the pain and suffering and crimes and all the problems in the world, that isn't what God wants from you. They want you to, God wants you to live a good and happy and healthy and life. So what we've got going on here doesn't always offer that. Not that I don't appreciate living the life because I have so many things to be thankful for and so much joy um, that I get from being in this life and the people around me. But that made a little bit of sense. I'm not saying that you have to uh, accelerate the time when you die so you can get to a better place because that's silly you're here for a reason you do your job you do it to your best ability as long as you're given in terms of time so next time you go to a funeral and you feel sorry for the person who passed away think about it the person you really feel sorry for is you because you're going to miss this person in your life you're the one with the true loss like with the case with my grandfather, he was important to me. He taught me a lot, and now he's gone. So I guess when he left, it was my time to pick up the mantle and be my grandfather to the best of my ability. Now, I couldn't totally be my grandfather because I was still young at the time, and I didn't have the life experience he did. But now I'm 61. I've had more life experiences. And hopefully I can impart that, those experiences, to other people that, that are interested so they have a better perspective on what's ahead. 
Don't worry about death. Don't worry about what's ahead. Just live your best life now. Enjoy every minute of it because you've got a finite amount of time to do that. Any moment in time you worry about stressing about anything that you can't control is a waste of time. And it's costing you valuable time in your life. Times you should be enjoying. Times should, you should be um, living your life in. So anyway, I went to a funeral today, yesterday. I've gone to two other funerals in the last month. It's becoming more common. And as I say, that, that happens when you get older. But you've got to put it in perspective what's going on there. I wasn't really sad for my brother-in-law because he's far better off now than he was when he was here. He was in severe pain. But I am sad for myself. I'm sad for my sister-in-law, my nephew, because they're the ones that have the loss. They're the ones that paid the price because they're going to miss their loved one. But the loved one himself, he's doing better now, and that's good. So you got to look at the positive along with the negative. Anyhow, let's talk about some, some of the news that's going on in this country. And let me just tell you, there is some fucked up shit. I once said something. Some people gave me a hard time about most people agree with me. And if you truly think about it, you know I'm right. I said that 99.9% of the bad things, the negative things in this country can be traced back to shitty parents. Now, that sounds like a flip statement, but I stand by it. We have some bad people in this country. Why are they bad? Well, some might have some psychological problems, certainly. But it's a matter of how they were raised and how they were formed as they were coming up. Whether they were abused or just had horrible parents or whatever, those experiences as you're growing up Will dictate how you act when you grow older. And we've seen a lot of people that have done horrible things. And it's interesting. In most cases, the places they came from, the parents that raised them, were less than optimal. In fact, they were pretty shitty parents. And I have a perfect illustration of it today. We know about this Horrific story at Oxford High School in Michigan, Oxford, Michigan, where a 15-year-old student, Ethan Crumbly, 15 years old, brought a gun to school, shot and killed four people, four students, and wounded seven others. Well, how does something like that fucking happen? I was a 15-year-old kid. There are a lot of 15-year-old kids. Who thinks about grabbing a gun and uh, going to school and shooting his friends and uh, colleagues? That's fucking crazy. How does one 15-year-old boy who doesn't know shit from shit decide to do that? Yes, he may have some mental problems. He may have some emotional problems. But if that's the case, isn't it the parent's responsibility to make sure this kid is taken care of? And this case is particularly egregious because these parents of this young man, Ethan Crumbly, are fucking appalling. Now, Ethan Crumbly was having a uh, tough time in school. Emotionally, he appeared to be quite troubled. Now, Ethan Crumbly was sent home from school, taken down to the office. And then one day, one day recently, one of the teachers came across some pictures he drew, pictures of guns, pictures of people being shot with blood coming out of their bodies. Words that said, blood everywhere. Words that said, help me. I need to stop the voices. Stop the voices. So clearly this kid is troubled. This, this kid's in trouble mentally and in, in, for his own safety and the safety of people around him. 
So when this was found, they immediately called the parents in to talk to the principal with their son. Now, when the parents come to school, they aren't at all concerned about this. They listen to it, and they aren't at all concerned. In fact, a short time before, the father, James Crumbly, took his son out to buy an early Christmas present. We're talking late November, a couple of weeks ago. He took him out to buy an early Christmas present, and that Christmas present happened to be a semi-automatic pistol. I think they called a Sig Sauer, you know, James Bond or whoever used that. It's a cool gun. It's a dangerous gun. It's deadly. But anyways, Dad took him out to buy him his early Christmas presents, what happened, which happened to be a Sig Sauer, and uh, thought nothing of it. So they're called to school. They're called to school talking about these messages that this kid created that are disturbing to say the least and depict killing people and people bleeding and people dying. He's also reaching out for help as well. So they come to the office and sit down to talk to the principal. And the principal says, you need to take this kid out of here right now and get him some counseling. There's a problem here. And what do the parents do? They say, absolutely not. He is fine. He's fine. We're not taking him out. You're going to keep him in school. And see, that's a new thing these days. School districts are so afraid of being uh, sued or whatever that... uh, they just have to bend to every demand by, by uh, students or by parents. Now, had my parents been in that situation, they would have grabbed me by the ear, put me in fucking counseling, and not send me back to that school until I seemed to be okay. But these people won't admit that their kid's wrong. They won't admit that he's dangerous, or maybe they don't care if he's dangerous. So they insist, they force the school to keep them in class. (laughs) Now, they never asked if he'd happened to bring the gun to school that day in his backpack. Well, he did. Later on in the day, before the shooting, because that shooting happened the same day that that meeting happened. Later in the day, his mom texted him something that is really kind of interesting. The text simply said, don't do it. So clearly she knew he was capable and maybe even thinking about it. And she said, don't do it. Well, clearly he probably isn't used to listening people because he had a shitty set of parents and did whatever the fuck he wanted. So a short time later, he takes his his gun out. He kills four people, wounds seven other people. And it is now a mess. This kid is caught quickly because he's a 15-year-old fucking kid. He's not a he's not a seasoned criminal. They catch him immediately. And they put him in jail. I believe they've got him in custody right now. So now here's the interesting thing. It was yesterday, I believe, that the uh, prosecutor in their county announced charges against the parents for involuntary manslaughter. Now, the kid has got four counts of manslaughter, among other things. But now these parents are being charged with four counts each of involuntary manslaughter. And the reason that's happening is because of what went down in that meeting. They seemingly didn't care that the kid was in trouble. They went out and bought him a fucking gun. They didn't check to see this troubled kid after writing these crazy fucking messages. They didn't check to see if the kid had a gun in the knapsack. They just walked away like they didn't care. It was complete negligence. Or maybe they're on his side about doing such things. So the kid goes out, he kills four people, wounds seven people. 
and they announce charges against these parents. So what do these parents do? Again, I'm talking about shitty parents. What these parents do then is they can't be reached. Nobody can call them. Nobody can find them. They're gone. They even went to the bank and took out $4,000 from their account, and they disappeared. Well, they spoke to their lawyer, and the lawyer said, Oh, no, they're not running away from the law. They're just worried for their safety, so they wanted to leave town. They'll be there for the arraignment. Well, that arraignment was to take place at 4 p.m. yesterday, on Thursday, and they didn't show up. They didn't fucking show up. See what I mean about shitty parents? Your kid is in custody for killing four people and wounding seven people. And and now you're charged because you're negligent and shitty parents. So what do you do? You fucking bolt. You get out of there. There is no question that these guys are running from the law. They aren't just worried about their safety. They are gone. They split. They were took off. All they're trying to do is save themselves. Now, these people will be caught without question because they probably aren't any smarter than their son. But you see what I mean here? If you give, if you raise a kid, buy him a gun, allow him to be, be permissive. There was even one conversation in some of the texts they found after he was in the, uh, in the meeting. Right after they went into the meeting, parents took off, kids back in class. The mom texts him another, another text and says, uh, Ethan, you just need learn, to learn how not to get caught. That's what his mom recommended to him. And then later, she must have thought different or better of it, and that's when she texted him, don't do it. Because somehow, as she was away, she got the sense that this fucking kid might actually shoot some people. Now, if you're a parent and you have even the thinnest thought that that might happen, what do you do? You get to fucking school, grab that kid, put him in the car, and get him the hell out of there. She didn't. She just went back to work and did whatever the fuck she wanted. So as I say, this is a perfect illustration of 99.99% of everything that's bad, dangerous, criminal, corrupt in this country can be traced back to shitty parents. And this situation with Ethan Crumbly killing those kids in his high school is a perfect example of the epitome of shitty parents. Their names are James and Jennifer Crumbly. They're looking for them now. They're still at large. And who knows? They might be dangerous, too. If they're willing to run from the law, they buy their kids a gun, might they be willing to uh, fight it out before they're taken in? I don't know. But I'd be concerned about it, and I'd be ready for it. I'm afraid that whole scene, when they finally get caught, may not be pleasant. It will probably be messy. Hopefully not. But Jesus Christ, if you were a parent in this situation, had you just done anything close to your job, four people wouldn't be dead. Seven people wouldn't be wounded. Your kid wouldn't be in prison and probably be there for the better part of his life, and he's only fucking 15 years old. Now, he's going to be tried as an adult. He should be responsible. He should be accountable. But those fucking parents, if that's the best you can do, you should be taken off the streets as well. And they will be as soon as they get caught. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll be back. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. All right, we're going to talk about a couple of governors that probably had shitty parents. And now both these governors are trying to subvert 
the federal government, and the military. You won't fucking believe it. First, let's talk about Ron DeSantis. We know this crazy fuck shouldn't be running a state, although Florida is kind of a crazy fucking state anyway. We know how Ron DeSantis hates the mandates forcing people to get the vaccination. He still thinks the fucking COVID or Delta or Omicron are all fucking hoaxes. Nobody should get vaccinated, even though, well, he's vaccinated. His staff is vaccinated. But he knows this is a dog whistle for these dumb fucking trump And he's going to play it for all it's worth because he wants to be president. Anyway, what Ron DeSantis is planning to do or talking about doing is he wants to reestablish a World War II era civilian military force that he, not the Pentagon, would control. He's looking for 200 volunteers, and he's looking for funding of $3.5 million. This guy wants to build his own state army that's not accountable to the federal government or the armed services, that he can have them do whatever the fuck he wants. Does that sound dangerous? Yeah, that's fucking dangerous, especially when you're a nutcase in the fucking first place. Here's what I don't understand. All the things that Ron DeSantis does with COVID, with the uh, mandates and all this sort of thing. And now he wants to start his own little private army like a, a little fucking dictator in one state. Where does Florida make most of its money? Most of the money coming into that state comes from tourism. If you've got people who won't get vaccinated, won't wear masks, and now you've got a personal army of the governor to do whatever he wants and we know the fucker's crazy, who in the hell wants to go to Florida? Why would you want to go to Florida? Sounds like a dangerous motherfucking place. You don't want to go to Florida. This craziness is getting to a level where it needs to be stopped. I'm not sure how they do it. I'm not sure if it takes violence to do it. But this is a dangerous situation in Florida. And we've got a wild man, a crazy man, behind it, and he apparently has the ability to do whatever he wants. I don't know, Florida. I feel bad for you. It's a beautiful state. There's great places to go, but I got to be honest. I'm looking at different places to go this winter to get out of the cold weather for a while, and I'd love to come to Florida, go to Marco Island, go to, you know, Fort Myers or Miami Beach or the Keys or whatever. I'd like to do that. But I can, in good conscience, go down there because I don't think that fucking place is safe. Whether it be for COVID, whether it be for Omicron, or whether it be fucking troops put out by a crazy-ass governor to do his bidding. And God knows what the fuck his bidding is. So I'm troubled by Florida. But that's not even the worst place. Well, that is a little worse than this next one, but this one is just fucking stupid. Oklahoma, you have a governor by the name of Kevin Stitt, who's a Republican dipshit, a Trump-la-fuck, an idiot, has no business running a state. He has no business running a lemonade stand, let alone a state. But in this case, he got voted in by the Oklahoma people. Oklahoma voters voted in Kevin Stitt. Now, he's also against vaccine mandates. He hates them. He doesn't think that should happen. He thinks it's against the Constitution. (laughs) But clearly, he's not too bright either. Not a bright man. This is what he did. Okay, we know that there is a mandate on the military services. If you're going to be in the military, by mandate, you must get the COVID vaccination. But uh, Kevin Stitt doesn't like that. And in his state, of course, he has his National Guard, which falls under the U.S. Army. It's a federal military group under the U.S. Army. Well, there was a leader in Oklahoma, the leader, the commander, whatever you want to call them, 
of the National Guard in Oklahoma who was doing his duty and following the mandate about everybody in the National Guard needed to be vaccinated. I mean, that's the law. So anyway, what does Kevin Stitt do? Kevin Stitt then uh, um, fires that leader, gets rid of him, puts in a new leader who will do his bidding, and now that leader is saying, look, in spite of the mandate, our National Guard here in Oklahoma will not follow the vaccine mandate, meaning there will be many people in the National Guard that won't get vaccinated in spite of the federal mandate put down by Joe Biden, the President of the United States. Now, what this governor and, and this leader, the new leader of the National Guard, is trying to put it in the face of the federal government, in Joe Biden's face. But who they're truly hurting in this situation, over and above COVID, over and above the, uh, the, 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 the variants that are out there and the dangers from getting COVID, over and above that, he's really fucking over the members of the National Guard in his own state. Because now he can play any game he fucking wants. He can try to pull this off. He's probably going to go to court over this. But here's what's going to happen. The federal government sends the paychecks to the National Guard, not the state of Oklahoma. The federal government pays these guys and ladies. They also give them whatever benefits they receive from being in the military, even though it's the National Guard. The federal government pays them, does everything for them. So now, if they don't get vaccinated because their fucked-up, stupid-ass governor says they don't have to, they're not going to get paid. They're not going to get the benefits. They're not going to get the protection of the federal government. Because as much as the governor of the state of uh, Oklahoma doesn't want to follow the mandate, the people in the federal government will. And if you don't follow the mandate, you're not getting paid. So who's going to pay them? Is Oklahoma going to pay them? Can they even pay them? Because the National Guard is a federal force. It's not a state force. So what are they even fucking thinking? The federal government's not going to pay them. You could maybe have the state pay them, but wait. Why can the state pay for a federal force? They're not going to allow that either. This is going to come to a head, and the governor of Oklahoma will lose. The guy who's telling people that they don't have to get vaccinated is going to get booted. And if it takes some time to do that, then the people in the National Guard aren't going to get paid aren't going to get the benefits, and they aren't going to get the protection of being in the armed services. You think people are going to be pissed off about that? Now, the governor can scream and cry and whine all he wants, but the federal government's not going to pay it. They very specifically set out a mandate that said you must be vaccinated to be in the armed services. If you're in the National Guard and you're not vaccinated, you're fucking done. You're gone. You're over. You're fired. The Oklahoma governor can't fire the members of the National Guard. That's a federal thing. See what I mean? It's just, it's, it's really fucked up here. I don't understand what they hope to accomplish by doing this. It's just, it's fucking crazy. And that's the way this world is going right now. Everything is crazy. At some point, somebody has to put their foot down, slap somebody in the mouth, and say, we're not fucking doing this. You can cry and whine and follow Donald Trump all you want, but fuck you, it's not happening. At some point, it has to get tough on these people. They have to get shut down, or they're going to keep getting momentum, and they're going to get worse. So we got to shut these fuckers down. How? I don't know. But i got to believe the federal government, the president, the Congress— know how to do this. They have angles. They have strategies. And they need to implement them now because we can't let this continue. It's harming the country and it's leaving the people of this country unprotected or in danger like in Florida with this little fucking street gang that Ron DeSantis wants to create. It's fucking amazing. Just fucking amazing to me. 
All right, there's one other thing. Well, there's a couple other things. Jeffrey Clark, he's the assistant or the deputy AG who was drafting letters to try to stop swing states from declaring Joe Biden president, to stop them from sending delegates to vote for Joe Biden and instead switch them out with people who would vote for Donald Trump, clearly a criminal activity. This clown is a fucking criminal. There's no question about it. He was subpoenaed. He refused to show up to the subpoena. Then people started going over, being referred to the DOJ, and he got scared. So he said, I'm going to testify, but I'm going to plead the fifth. Well, Benny Thompson, the chairman of the Select House, our House Select Committee, said, look, you can testify, but you got to fucking testify Saturday. So today he's supposed to testify, but he won't be testifying today. Apparently, he asked for a delay because of some medical problem. Now, I'm not sure I understand why, unless it's legitimate, but Benny Thompson said, okay, you're coming in the 16th. What's interesting about this situation with this clown, in spite of the fact he hasn't testified yet through the other investigations they've got going on, see, you have to understand that. They want him to testify, but everything he did wrong and everything he knows, the House Select Committee probably already knows. Nobody goes into court and asks questions they don't know the answers to. They just want it from his mouth. But it's what, what they're finding interesting is if he pleads the fifth, that says whatever is in that topic that they're talking about, he believes he's guilty of a crime and he might be implicating himself in a crime, which he has a right to avoid doing with the Fifth Amendment. They've gone through some of the letters that he wrote that were drafted to ultimately be sent out, and it's all done digitally on a computer. But here's the interesting thing they found out. And like I said, they find this shit out beforehand, before they even question him, because then they can catch him lying. Now, I'm not a technically-minded guy like a lot of folks, but I understand this. Um, Apparently, in these letters that he was drafting, apparently in the files he was drafting, there is some metadata that comes from, guess where? The White House. So there is a digital track, a digital path, between the letters he was drafting and the White House, as if... The White House was helping him draft this. Well, that's troubling. And that was the whole point of getting this guy to testify. We want to find out what connection he had to the White House and who he was talking to there. We know he was talking to somebody. And now when we have these documents that show it's been shared with the White House and gone back and forth, that the White House did have something to do with playing this guy to be an idiot and do something that's seditious and ultimately get caught. That's really what they want to know. This guy's got enough trouble. This guy's going to uh, jail. But they want to know who was involved in the White House. At first, you've got to find out if the White House was involved. But now, without him testifying, just looking at these letters and these files, we know the White House was involved. So that means Jared Kushner... That means Donald Trump. That could mean anybody. But obviously the president knew about this thing in advance and was coaching him to do what he is doing. And this stupid fuck allowed Donald Trump to play him to do this, which will ultimately put him in jail. He can plead the fifth all he wants. They know what they know, and they're getting proof without him even opening his mouth. So... It's going to be very interesting to see how this plays out if he actually shows up on the 16th of December, because if he does not, he will immediately be, uh, the the full House will vote to immediately send him to the DOJ uh, to be charged with criminal contempt of court or Congress, and that's what he's trying to avoid. He's playing the old game where, let's just delay it, let's just delay it. If I delay it, it'll never happen. Sorry, Jeff, 
It's going to happen. You're going to go to jail because you already broke the law. This would just be a, a second charge with the, the criminal contempt of Congress. You get tired of seeing these fucking bullshit games. You know that's all it is. And now we've got to wait, uh, what, another 10, you know, eight or 10 days for him to testify just so he can plead the fifth. This guy's a cornered rat. He's fucking done. He's going to jail and he can talk or not talk, but they already know what he knows. And if he doesn't talk, he may still get sent over to the DOJ. So we'll see what happens with that. It's uh, troubling to say the least. Now, I want to talk about Joe Biden for a bit. I think I can say something, and most of you will agree with me. Maybe not right at first, but after we talk about it, you will. Joe Biden is a boring-ass president. He's boring. Now, some of you might think that that's a negative comment about Joe Biden, but it's not. I mean, to be perfectly honest with you, think of past presidents. Try to think of good past presidents. Did you think about them every day? Did you wait to hear what they tweeted? Did you wait to hear what they said or what crazy bullshit they pulled or who they pissed off or what ridiculous thing they did? No, you didn't do that with Obama. You didn't even do that really that much with George W. Bush. You didn't do it with Bill Clinton well until he got in trouble with Monica Lewinsky. But you know what I'm saying. I think people are looking at Joe Biden as boring because of the last four years, where every 10 seconds Donald Trump would say something or do something stupid, enrage somebody or call somebody out or threaten them or whatever. And because of what they went through the last four years, they look at Joe Biden as boring. But that is not a negative thing. A president doesn't need to encompass every moment of our life and attention. He should be boring. He should be going to work, put his head down, and get things fucking done. Now, people are talking about the polls dropping with Joe Biden. And some people are suggesting, well, he's boring. He's not doing anything. Well, fuck you. He is doing something. No, he's not tweeting bullshit. He's not getting this country in trouble or embarrassing it. But I'll tell you what he did do. Something he did, uh, the things he's done in the less than a year that he's been president. Do you know since he took over the presidency, the unemployment rate has dropped by 2%. 2% in less than a year. He ended the longest war in American history. He ended it in Afghanistan. He passed an unprecedented COVID relief bill that helped tons of people and improved our economy. He's created more jobs than the last three Republican presidents combined in a year. He has created more jobs in less than a year than the last three Republican presidents combined during their whole terms. Let that sink in a little bit. He passed the largest infrastructure bill in history. An infrastructure bill that Donald Trump promised he was going to do. An infrastructure bill that we've needed for 40 years. We've got crumbling roads and bridges and such. This is something we needed for many years, but somehow Congress wasn't able to put it together. A basic safety issue in this country. And Congress is busy doing all kinds of other things, but they couldn't help to maintain our country. It's like buying a Mercedes, never changing the oil, never doing any maintenance on it, and let it go to shit. That's fucking stupid. And that's what our Congress has done for 40, 50, 60 years. Now, he's also going to pass a bill, the Build Back Better bill, that will send money back to the middle class. That hasn't happened for 60 years. So think about that. We have people in Congress that we elected, and their job is specifically to take care of us, deal with problems, support us, serve us. But they haven't found their way to do anything like this for us in 60 years. 
And that piss you off? We send them to office, give them an opportunity to get rich any way they decide they want to, pay them a good salary, put them on a pedestal, and continue to vote for them. Yet in 60 years, none of these motherfuckers, Democrat or Republican, have done jack shit for the people who support them, the people who pay the taxes, the people that elected them. That's fucking ridiculous. So yes, Joe Biden is, is, is boring. There's no question about it. But it's about time we had a president that is boring, that didn't encompass every minute of our life, but at the same time did his job and got things done. And that's exactly what Joe Biden's done. I don't care who I'm talking to. A Republican want to sit down with me and debate? Go ahead. But you better be ready to be fucking embarrassed because you're flat wrong that Joe Biden hasn't done anything for this country. I would suggest he's done more for this country than the last six, seven seven presidents. I'm willing to bet that. And that includes Obama. Obama pretty much got shut down by the Republicans, and Obama just took it. He got the Affordable Care Act passed, but not before it was kind of gutted and and turned into shit by the Republicans. Yeah, it got passed, but they didn't pass what they should have passed. They passed what the Republicans wanted to do with this bullshit. So if you think Joe Biden's boring, he sure the fuck is, and thank God for that. It's about time we had somebody that was boring and somebody that just did the job and took care of the people. Now, last thing real quickly, you got to talk about Omicron. Now, there have been cases of Omicron, the new variant of COVID, in about 10 states. And that happened quickly. First it was in South Africa, then it was in Europe, and now it's in the United States. No doubt it's been here longer than we know, just as COVID probably was. Now, what they say, they don't know much about this variant as yet and probably won't know for a couple of weeks. But what we are hearing is that it's more infectious than Delta and then uh, COVID. So that means it's easier to get. We don't know if it's more deadly or if it's a weaker strain or what it is. And hopefully we'll find that out. But the funny thing is, Delta is currently the dominant virus that's out there now. And we've kind of taken a few steps backward in our fight against COVID. I heard one expert say, we're kind of back where we were in August. Not as bad as we were in March, but bad enough. And things are starting to raise. Now that we're going into the winter months, it almost certainly will increase the cases and in turn increase the increase the uh, the deaths. And uh, I don't know about you, with 800,000 people dead in this country from COVID, I've had a fuck enough. It's about time that we stop this shit. And the only way to stop it at this point is the vaccination. We don't know yet if this new variant um, can be blocked by the vaccination, but it certainly is going to help. You may get infected, but you're not going to get sick and go in the hospital and die, which is a consolation to be sure. But we need to wait and find out what they actually have discovered with this situation. Now, here's what you need to understand. There's over 70% of the people in this country that have at least one shot. Now, if you got one shot, why don't you have the fucking second shot? Jesus Christ. What are you, stupid? I know people who have had just one shot, and they end up getting COVID. They may not get real sick, but now you got COVID. Now you can give it to other people, give it to kids. Why would you fucking do that? That's fucking ignorant. There is just less than 60% that are fully vaccinated. Less than 60% in this country. And that's why we still have COVID, Delta, now Omicron, raging around the country, getting people sick and killing people. And there are only 20% of this country that have gotten their booster. Now, i got to be honest with you. I got my shots as quickly as I could. I was on top of it because I wanted them. 
I got both shots. When the booster was available, I got the fucking booster. And while I was there, I said, give me the flu shot too. I don't believe the bullshit that we hear from our Republicans. I've had vaccinations many times in my life. And as far as I know, it could have saved my life, one of those vaccinations. And I'm older now, like I talked about in the beginning. I'm more susceptible to certain things. And I'm also have the possibility of giving whatever virus I might contract to my grandchildren or other children in my family. Don't want to do that. So I do what I'm supposed to do, protect myself, protect my family, and just fucking do it. I'll take whatever shot they want. The idea that it's going to give you a microchip or some of this other bullshit is absolutely whacked out. If you believe that, you're an idiot. And you may end up dying because you're an idiot. And there's many ways to die in this world. (laughs) I don't want to die because I'm fucking stupid or be responsible for somebody else dying because I'm fucking stupid. So... We're kind of going back into it a little bit. They aren't going to shut down the country. We aren't going to go back to where we were. That's just not going to happen. We have enough people vaccinated, so it won't be as crazy as it was. But uh, it may cause some restrictions. Longer time wearing masks on transportation or doing whatever. So if you're out there and you haven't been vaccinated for whatever reason, oh, I haven't had time. Make fucking time. Make time. (laughs) Look, I don't have that many listeners yet on this podcast. I have a lot, but not as many as I'd like. I need you to get the vaccination because I can't afford to lose more fucking listeners. Just get the fucking vaccination, shut the fuck up, and keep tuning to the Rational Boomer podcast. With that, I got to wrap things up. Things Things are happening. I'll be back tomorrow. We'll talk more about some of the things happening in this world. And uh, you have a great day, a great weekend. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time. Next time.